It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. That is a great song. My favorite Michael song of all time. Declan, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Declan? I've been hit by... I've been... <laughs> I'm great. I'm doing great. Jeez, my favorite Michael Jackson song. You'd have to, you'd have to give me time. Mm. Might be something from Off the Wall. They Don't Really Care About Us is my second favorite Michael song, for what it's worth. Uh, one that I love, the Jackson 5 ABC. Such a good... I remember when he was on Ed Sullivan, maybe 1970. Oh. A little before your time. No, I mean, if we're going Jackson 5, why don't you back is quintessential. Can't it get is, over You're that. right. You're right. You're absolutely... In fact, the song, the, the, the actual song itself is brilliantly written. I think... Didn't Joe Jackson write it? He might have. He must have. I don't know. You know a lot about the Jacksons. I like that about you. Very well done. Joined now by our friend Steve Lansky, who knows a lot about everything else uh, from Big Mouth Sports. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I think I know a lot. That's There's a big difference between knowing a lot and thinking you know a lot, Al. Well, I promote you as knowing a lot. Yeah, you might want to rethink that uh, the structure of that promo. Well, I don't know. We're going to have to... Can we take know-it-all out of that promo? Uh, because we... <laughs> It never should have been in, dude. (laughs) So, you know, I don't know why the Oilers gift us with a game like last night, the the night before you come on, but this is is just in your wheelhouse because you've been saying for some time that this Edmonton Oilers team is not right and certainly confirmation of that last night. They are not right. I would not have used that term. I would not have been that blunt, I don't think, but they're, they're not right. When you... Here's... You know, I, I, I watch and I see what surrounds that team. And, you know, you told me at the start of the season, I think you said that the Athletic had them either in the Stanley Cup final or... Yeah, they have the best winning. chance to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, no. yeah. And I'm like, you do not want that as a team. You do not, you do not want that thought out there because all of a sudden... There's no other way to say this. You start thinking you're something you're not. And let me tell you, when you think you're great, you're a lot of things, but you are not great. There, that, that is a direct connection. If you think you're great, I can tell you one thing for sure. You ain't. So th- this is a reminder to the Oilers early in the season that, that you know they actually have to show up, put their sticks on the ice, and work hard and smart. Um, is is this kind of wake up call good for this team long term, or do you think they just you know is our children learning? And the answer is no. <laughs> I like the way you you phrased it as if yes, it's a wake up call, my friend. It's only a wake up call if you pick up the receiver. It, otherwise, it's just a ringing bell. That's all it is. I listen. I was in a performance-based business for 45 years. You and I are in a performance-based activity right now. In those 45 years, I never found one person, I mean not one, who I could say, I need you to be more intense and more driven in the job you do, and they do it. It does not work. It doesn't happen. You either have it, or you don't. Here's the problem. When you select players, 
on pure ability instead of, I'll use the word character, but you can use any word you want. When you select players based on ability and not so much on character, this right here is what you're going to get. I can't say it's simpler than that. I do think that this will be the third year of the five that Ken Holland had where people reasonably could be considered, uh, the Oilers could reasonably be considered a strong Stanley Cup contender. They went fairly deep two years ago, not as deep this year or last year, and now this year we'll see. But I I, I do see a, like a pressure point for this team. You'll be a year away from Dreisaitl's free agency. He'll make the decision. He'll let you know. Do you think there's, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting it or, or imploring the Oilers to do it, but do you think we're reaching a point here where we may see some significant changes in the roster next year if this team disappoints again? Next year, yes. This year, no. Because I've never seen a group of athletes like this club that has dragged out, you know, I, I want to qualify something that you said. You know, you said... You didn't say these words, but they made the Western Conference Final in, help me, 2022 against the Avs. They were not, they were never going to beat the Avs in that series. So I more look at what kind of team it was than how far they got in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Same thing with last year. I don't think they were ever going to beat Vegas in the second round. So I... I think we, I think you have to look at a bigger picture. You can't just look at lines on a piece of paper saying, here's how far they made it. That's what I would say, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I've never seen a team that could give more useless comments after games. Oh, we've got to turn up the intensity. Oh, we've got to work harder. I've never seen a team drag this out longer than I've seen the Oilers drag it out. It's, it, it, they could give that class at Grant McEwen, and, and people should sign up because – it's amazing to me how they just talk the talk, and there is no walk whatsoever when it matters. Some game in November, who gives a rat's rear end? I'm talking about April and May, and it just is not there for me at all. I've mentioned maybe the last two weeks, Steve Lansky, maybe earlier, but I don't. I think it's the last two weeks. But I mentioned it early on, maybe even in the preseason, that that as as good a coach as I think Woodcroft is, there's a little danger here because the expectations are so high, and I did not expect them to go one and three. That's the God's honest truth. Is there? Or do you agree that Woodcroft is is already in a little bit of danger based on the early results for a team that is expected to go deep? So you know, here's what I would say. There are great coaches in NHL history, right? You, you can go as far back as you want. Toe Blake, Dick Irvin Sr., Scotty Bowman, Glenn Sather, Al Arbor. They're only great coaches with that team that they had. And nobody ever says that, you know. Um, Vince Lombardi, great coach. Yeah, Vince Lombardi was a great coach because he had players that he dovetailed with. Al, you can be the best coach in the history of coaching. If you don't have the right guy standing in front of you or sitting on that bench or on your team, it makes no difference whatsoever. It They've got to dovetail. So would Jay Woodcroft be in trouble? Yeah, probably. Should he be? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way to use, to you know, the only way you can tell if a guy's a great coach is if 
you know, a manager like Dick Williams, who takes three teams to the World Series, or the, Sparky Anderson, two separate teams in separate leagues to the World Series. Okay, guy's probably a pretty good coach or manager. Other than that, I don't think there's any way to tell because I think it's so skewed towards personnel in the coaching business. Do you think that Ken Holland has a deal he can make at the deadline or before that can fix this, or is it just marbled to the roster, through the roster too much? It's, I, I, don't, I don't have a huge issue with the forwards. My issue is with goaltending, and people are jumping up and down and screaming right now and saying, Jack Campbell didn't do anything wrong last night. He didn't do it. I'm not talking about last night. I'm talking about the big picture. I don't think you're winning anything with those guys who are back there. Darnell Nurse, I, he makes me insane because Darnell Nurse, with the physical skills and ability that he's got, should be dominating hockey games. I should be scared to death to go anywhere near him. And, and I wouldn't be. And that's, that's not right. That's not right. And so to me... The back end and the goaltending is just, it is nowhere near. If you said, here's the roster of the Stanley Cup champions, I'd have said, no, it's not. There's, there's no way that team's winning the Stanley Cup. If I knew it was the Oilers or it wasn't. So I, I just, I can't buy that, that back end. I really can't. And it's, it's, it's pretty well paid and they're pretty well played for a, like, you know, nurse. I think, I think they can. I think some of his no movement clause burns off on July first, twenty twenty seven. He's here unless he wants out for the long term. That contract is built in. That's uh, that's Halloween's coming up, but that's the scariest thing I'm going to hear or hear between now and Halloween. <laughs> I, I'll give you that. Uh, there was a there was a I think it was first period. There was a uh, segment that without sound the microphone wasn't wasn't and this happens in in uh, television, but but not often in network television for an entire segment. Is that just a matter of of they can hear it in the in the room uh, and they're unaware that it's not going out, or is that just a uh, somebody who's having a cup of coffee on the on the job? So it could been it could have been a bunch of things. I watched it. I, I didn't watch the game live. I read a, I read the tweet that was sent, and then I thought, okay, i got to watch this segment. So it started with Gene on camera, and then it went to Gene with Jay Woodcroft, and then the sound came up in the middle of the Gene and Jay interview. It could have been a bunch of things. It probably, if I had to guess, I would guess that whole segment ran for Master Control in Toronto. They packaged it, they sent it to Master, and then what happens is you put it in a machine and the machine plays it back automatically. Mm. But if you haven't got your settings correct, because what they did was they didn't take sound from the interview, they took sound from the rink. You could hear rink sound in the background. So what happens in master, and brace yourself, it's going to be hard to believe, sometimes master control operators and, and production people in master control aren't necessarily paying attention to what's going on the air. There's a lot, <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, there's a lot of what's going on, the lips are moving, the tape is moving, hey, it must be good, let's go have a coffee. It does happen, so it could have been that. I don't know how you would play that out of a truck and not know what was going on unless the audio guy had somehow fed something to you in the front of the truck 
and was feeding something different out to air. I'm not sure I've ever had that happen to me. I, I thought really hard about it. My guess is more it probably got fed to Toronto and Master played it back and there was a problem with it. But there's no real way to know for sure. It's, uh, you know, years on the radio doing Top 40, I mean, I would always keep the pot up a little bit so I would know what was going on. And I'm splicing tape and doing other things and probably bitching about the boss. And there's probably a good chance that was what happened last night. And you're busy and you've got, you know, things going on. And it, it is a busy job, but you shouldn't know what's going on in the air. But it's it's um, for it to go that long. Is there not some kind of a like shocking system under a guy's chair that you can hit on, or is that that doesn't exist anymore? That's a good question. What's the mechanism to recover? And I will say this: having been in master at TSN for you know several years, five years, I was in and out of master control all the time. Yeah. You just you walk in and you start talking to a master control op, or you start talking to the the production person behind him, and you don't. Re- Sometimes people will say, "Are you okay if I talk to you right now?" Uh, other people just come in and start talking. Well, you're in the middle of doing things, and it, there's a that's the, me, Steve. What, well, what people <laughs> what people don't realize is there's more than one thing going on at a time, and in theory, there probably shouldn't be. But no. but that probably didn't get rectified until somebody called or looked over and said, how come there's no sound on this? And somebody said, what do you mean? And then and then there's running, you know, like an old Keystone Cops movie, yeah. and then they solve it. But it's, it's, it's frustrating for sure because it didn't go on for three seconds. It went on for three minutes. Well, and I, I just I, I have a, a, a question to take us out here. If I were to have access to the TSN HR emails during your five years, how many would be Lansky came into the control room again and blah, 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 blah? Not so much that. More like, <laughs> here's a list of people he peed off today. <laughs> and sometimes it's a short email, and sometimes it's probably a two, three, or I dare say even a four pager out. Wow. It's yeah. Because, because, and I know you're going to say this, so I'll say it for you. Because if you're going to be there, you might as well do it right. <laughs> That's exactly correct. If we're doing it, we're doing it right, or we got a problem. And some that doesn't sit well with some people. No, Al. no. I don't know why, but it doesn't sit well with some people. And you're so easy to get along with. You know, ask your wife. <laughs> <laughs> For this 15 minutes every week, I am. For the other six days, 23 hours and 45 minutes, man, that was fast math. Oh. I might not be I might not be the easiest person to get along with. <laughs> Lansky, you rock. Have a great weekend, man. You too, buddy. Thank you. All right. Steve Lansky, Big Mouth Sports. People, they'll often say, they'll text me and they go, you know, why do you have Lansky on? Are you kidding me? The, the 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 phone lines are crazy. The text lines are crazy. Everybody's talking to DMing me on Twitter. Lansky is a guy who we found years ago. Bryn Griffiths, thank you so much. Who absolutely goes on the radio and says what he thinks, and he's well qualified to do it, uh, especially in regard uh, to television, but also the hockey. He's watched a lot of it. He watches a lot of games at all levels, even today. And I mean, I you know. I wish I, you know, I, 
he's got a life, so I can't have him on every day, but he's a hell of a guest, no doubt about that. We got a great group today. Uh, NHL rumors on the way at 140. In the community with Tyler Uremchuk next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Oh, yeah. Well done. It's the Lowdown. Sports 1440. Do we have whiskey in a jar by Thin Lizzy? We do, actually, yeah. We do. I'll, we? I'll get that fired up. Uh, oh, I up love next that. Break. That's yeah. awesome stuff. Time for In the Community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, where you can save up to 35%. United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years. Our friend Tyler Uremchuk joins us now from Daily Faceoff. I have a question for you that is from the community, Tyler. You grew up uh, in the St. Albert area, and I imagine you knew a lot of young athletes and musicians and poets and a few ne'er-do-wells as well. Uh, of the group of people that you grew up in and knew about and maybe were around your grade, uh, is there one athlete who's gone farther than the rest, or did you guys all fall a little short of the high end? Uh, like, going to school, I went to school with a couple of guys who went on to play in the WHL, but the best one is actually, it's baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I played, like, you know, somewhat high levels of baseball when I was younger, played on a couple of teams with Eric Sabrowski, who's now a uh, big left-hander in the Cleveland organization. He had a nice. really good year in AA, so that's, uh, that's probably the best one. Yeah, well, and you know what? And and now when he gets to the 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 Guardians roster, and you're in town because you often head east to Toronto, and I don't know how far a drive it is to Cleveland, but it can't be a day. Yeah. So maybe you could call him up and say, "Hey, I wonder if I can score some tickets." Oh, he would definitely do it. He's a big fan. He used to listen to the show all the time when uh, it was me and you back at twelve sixty. Yeah, but he was listening mostly to you. He didn't care about me. Uh-huh. Or could I get and tickets? He told me that. <laughs> uh, okay, um, I'm going to give you 40, 37 minutes to explain the Oilers. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the line I used to start the show today is that those were two very different performances, Oilers flyers on the old give a bleep meter. Um, very, very different. It was apparent 12 minutes into that hockey game that the Oilers were not all that interested in competing very hard, and the Philadelphia Flyers, I mean, a team coached by John Tortorella is usually going to compete pretty hard. So that, that was, it was there from the start. They climbed back within a goal and then threw up all over themselves immediately when they got a chance to tie it up. And then in the third period, they're only down by two and they get outshot 16 to four because, again, they just didn't seem all that interested in playing hockey last night. It was the clam chowder in the pregame. I'm convinced it is. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, ordinarily, what I like, I, I, I've seen all of this before. So, ordinarily, I would write a piece that's like, Woodcroft is going to use this as a hammer and but but I there is such a thing for coaches as too long at the fair and even though he's only been here a couple of years it's been a very eventful couple of years and this team had high expectations they showed up like in June for the captain skates and everybody was kumbaya and we're going to start off well and they are absolutely blowing it this is really bad. So do you think that the coaching staff or specific players or anybody in this organization is going to have to walk the plank or is it just, you know, say the right things again and then move on? Uh, if, if Jay Woodcroft isn't the coach for this team, then we got bigger problems than, than that. I, I think you then have to look in the room like this core you know, McDavid, Nuge, Dreisaitl, Nurse, go down the list. They've gotten how many coaches now? Todd McClellan left here, went to L.A. He's still a darn good coach, right? Like, 
it's not like the Oilers have brought in a bunch of just scrubs, you could argue. Maybe the tip at higher wasn't great, but sure, he still had a bit of success with them bringing them to the playoffs a few times. My point is, this core doesn't get the luxury of another coach, in my opinion. If Woodcroft isn't the guy, then you're, you're doing something drastic this summer. With that being said, Low Tide, game, four games in. I'm not ready to pull any panic alarms. I'm not ready to entertain the idea of a coaching change or, or some big trade or anything like that because I do believe they'll be just fine. It's disappointing to see them come out after the month of whatever we were spoon-fed about. This year's different. Look how early they're here for the captain's skate. Everyone's on the same page, cup or bust. And then to see them do this raises some questions maybe about that locker room, but for the most part, they'll be okay. How much of this, in your opinion, has to do with players who don't look like themselves due to injury or whatever. And I'll mention Matthias Ekholm, Ryan McLeod, who's coming around. Evander Kane looks very slow. Uh, do you think the remnants of last year's injuries are still hanging around? I don't think so. Um, Evander Kane came back and played games, a lot of games last year. He, he should be at 100%. Um, I mean, even if he wasn't scoring, I'd like to see a little bit more in the effort muck it up department, and I'm, I'm not seeing that from Evander Kane. Ekholm, I think, sure, he didn't play in the preseason. He's an older guy, lower body injury. You could understand why he's a step slower, but that's no excuse for Evan Bouchard and his lackluster play and bad turnovers early on. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has racked up points, but, I mean, in that last game, that first goal, he didn't seem interested in taking a hard stride back at all and, and it cost them so I think there are sure maybe a guy like Ekholm where you could look at and go okay maybe he's still banged up but for the rest of the team that's no excuse I have uh, this is from Bob Stoffer. I have the new lines do you want to hear them and then give me your input oh I'm really hoping you say something that'll make me smile McDavid with Hyman and Dreisaitl Nuge with Yanmark and Fogel McLeod oh. with Kane and Brown Holloway at center with Ernie and Ryan yeah that's not it um, <laughs> I agree with on. you. I agree like, with you. It's Dylan a- Holloway's been their best forward, most consistent forward, I should say, through four games, and his reward is being stapled to the Storm and Mormon and Adam AHL Ernie. Like, come on. Man, Janmark on the second line really stands out. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. What are we doing here? <laughs> like, come on. This can't be the solution. Reward guys who are playing well. Why is Dylan Holloway on the fourth line? And Matthias Janmark is... Getting top six minutes, hey? All right. Hey, listen, Mac T played Toby Peterson on the power play, man. Stuff happens around here. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe Yanmark's going to get power play one reps. <laughs> well, you know, may, you know, sometimes coaching staffs, I remember Billy Martin, uh, when he managed the Oakland A's, he pulled the lineup out of a hat. He had his DH batting ninth and his pitcher batting, or no, his uh, shortstop batting leadoff, and he couldn't hit a lick. Um Thoughts on DeHarnay playing over Broberg? I really feel like Broberg has to play like a lot, as in as many games as he can this year. You have to find out about him, right? I think a rotation's fine with him and DeHarnay. I would personally like to see the Oilers go back to eleven and seven and have both of them in the lineup for a stretch here. And I agree, you need to find out what you have in Broberg, but I don't think you want to do that at the expense of DeHarnay and having him sit for you know, two weeks at a time or anything crazy like that. So until one of them really grabs the bull by the horns and wins his job, I don't blame Woodcroft at all for just rotating between them. Uh, Tyler Uremchuk disagreeing with me, his final appearance on the show <laughs> uh, from Daily Faceoff. Um, so tomorrow night, Winnipeg in town, very good team. Um, at the Like, even if they lose, it has to be a better effort, right? 
you can't lay two bad efforts like that and expect there to not be, I guess, some sort of consequences, whether it's a roster transaction, someone on waivers or whatever. Yeah, you, you need to be better. Saturday night at home, I thought they played good last week in this situation against the Canucks, just kind of got goalied a little bit. You need to come out and have a much, much better effort. But the other thing is with this team now at 1-3, and three, you also have sort of lost the luxury of being okay with a moral loss or a moral victory, I should say. Like, if they go out there, hustle hard, hit a couple of goalposts and lose the game 6-3, this fan base is not going to ease up. The tension is not going to ease. There's still going to be some tough conversations happening. So they need to go out and, and you know put forth a better effort, but they also really need to win this game. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's it's fascinating to me because the the Oilers now, like they went all veterans, like every mm-hmm. veteran they could – push onto that roster, including Adam Ernie, and they pushed down uh, Raphael Lavoie too early to recall anybody for sure. Have you seen enough from Ernie to feel like he's earned the right to play all year here, or is it too early? I mean, probably too early, but the but early on, it's not looked good. Um, he missed a couple glorious scoring chances. Um, I would like to see an NHL player put those home. I guess he's gotten a scrap, but I haven't noticed him playing an overly physical brand of hockey, so I'd be okay with Ernie going down and bringing up someone else to give this bottom line or this fourth line a bit of a spark. Uh, so what's what, what are you doing over there? I know you do, you're do. you on the, the podcast a lot, and you've got Sarah Valley in your back pocket and all that stuff. What, what else are you doing? Anything exciting? Uh, pre- and post-game shows coming up this weekend with Oilers Nation. All of that goes on over at our YouTube, where you can also watch the Jason Greger show live. So that's always the spot I'll direct people off. Yeah, I I noticed that when Gregor's show first started, you were here a lot, and now you're not. Have you given enough, enough instructions to Gregor that he's got it now? Oh, yeah. Well, you know how competent Declan is. He's a guy. He's a set-it-and-forget-it guy. I don't need to be there anymore. Have you seen his new hairdo? No, I have not. Maybe I should come into the office. Well, and there's a new pair of glasses you're going to love. You'll be jealous you want to buy them. Mm, nice. Yeah. All right. Have a great weekend. Thanks, man. Too well. That's uh, Tyler Uramchuk. He loves it when I kibitz with him. Just loves it. They all do. Is Steve Lansky aware the season is four games old? He actually said that. I was expecting Dave Manson to really whip the defense into shape when he arrived. The word from Oilers organization was that he was the D-whisperer. I haven't seen any evidence of it. Well, they really improved uh, when they arrived in February of 2022. Basically, he ran. they ran Nurse Cece heavily. And it worked out really well. Keith and Bouchard were protected, and so was the third pairing, and it worked out well. Last year, you know, let's let's review here. They 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 had some issues during the year, but they they had a really good year. And I mean, I do disagree with my friend Steve Lansky. I think it was two periods. It was game five, second period, and game six's second period. And if the Oilers had won those two games, I do believe they would have won the Stanley Cup. I think they're way closer, even now, with the way they're playing, which is horse bleep. I think this team is way closer. And with respect, I know you're mad, but if you're going to the game tomorrow night, I would cheer like hell, and I wouldn't boo anything. I know you will, but I would not, because this is a team that's a little fragile and a little young in some important spots. You know, Evan Bouchard has, I think, less than 200 games. He's still a young defenseman. DeHarnay is older player, but he's still a young defenseman in terms of NHL experience. And Broberg is just flat-out inexperienced. That's three out of your seven, you know, that, that are, you know, that, that they don't have a lot of experience. So 
this is a tough time for them. Once they figured things out, they have changed the system. Takes a little time to learn it. Adam AHL Ernie. There you go. Maybe Yanmar can average more than zero shots per game on the second line. Ha ha. I, I, you know. KCF. McDavid is the cancer. Oiler media and fans won't ever accept it. He's won nothing, never will. Come on. Come on. Like, you know, you get a grip. Like, this, this is a champion no matter what happens. In the game of hockey, Connor McDavid's already a champion. Isn't one of Stanley, but that's a team sport. He's what he didn't win the Calder Trophy. Everything else, he's won multiple times. He is the most brilliant player many of us will watch in our lifetimes. Now, I've been lucky. I've watched you know the Gretzky era Oilers um, live many times, but Connor McDavid, by any stretch, is a champion and a leader and. I'm not buying that. I'm just not. And you may feel differently, and I totally get that, but that's a lot to say about Connor McDavid, and I don't agree with it. Do you have anything to add uh, at all? Throw in there? No, I uh, I actually tweeted that text out. Gave it the uh, the Declan stamp of take of the year alert. So Wow. You know, I think we're, we're pretty on the same page when it comes to that one. I yeah. do say, though, I, you got to win. I well, think he will. Sure. I think he will. But you got to win. You absolutely have to win. And I do agree that the goaltending and the defense needs to be better. But so does the coverage from the, the forwards. And they, they've they never had enough two-way forwards. I like Connor Brown. He's going to be really good for the, in that area. I think that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is well. Uh, but Hyman is not. Kane is not really. Uh, Leon can be. Um, what was that? Just a sneeze, nothing. What you... you are you emitting various sounds from from areas of your body on the daily here? Because every time I turn around, you're burping or no. you're doing other things, and it just seems like a lot. No, I just I didn't mean to, to distract you from the uh, the point you were trying to make. I do apologize. It was just a sneeze, nothing like more. A geyser over there, you know. No, like no, Mike's going off now. I'm gonna let you get back to it. <laughs> nothing crazy. This is the lowdown with low tide on Sports 1440. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. Man, I could let that roll. Bring me a beer. Why not? Or whiskey. Maybe both. Remember that for Monday we can play One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer. Another great song. Favorite drinking song? It's probably Tub Thumping by you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really like a song about drinking. Yeah. I don't know. I guess Tub Thumping. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> the Irish Rovers had one called Whiskey on a Sunday that I always liked when I was a kid. That's a good one. They, they were on TV all the time. If Sally McLennan by the Pogues counts as a drinking song, I'll take that one. But yeah. I don't know if it does. There are there are songs that that um, that are sort of like you know seasonal or or I guess novelty songs, um, but they they sort of. I said once, somebody said to me, what's your favorite Christmas song? And I said, uh, Fairy Tale of New York. Only answer. Has and to be and they one. said, well, it's not a Christmas song. And I'm like, it's the Christmas song. Right? I couldn't agree more. I, oh, yeah, I think, well, I love that song, period, but I, it's 100% to go to at Christmas time. 
it's not jingle bells, but it's better than jingle. Can we all agree that it's the best? Like uh, Silent Night is a gorgeous melody, and and obviously there's a, a a great deal of of lore and you know religion in the song, but as an actual song, Fairy Tale of New York is the best Christmas song. Oh, Connor's upset. <laughs> Oh, what's he doing back there? I don't know, but his sneakers made a noise. Oh man, you guys are noisy with your your tub thumping keyboards and and your various <laughs> you know emissions from your bodily functions, and then and then the sneakers. He was coming to tell us we were off air, but you know, changed his mind at the last second. I think. <laughs> yeah, let him let him ramble, let him talk. There you go. I think I was easy on the team. People are saying that I've been hard on them. I really have not been hard on them. Look, I don't think they... Everybody says, well, they're not playing hard enough. I think they are. They're playing hard, but they're not playing smart. There's a difference. They're, Evan Bouchard is not playing... I love Evan Bouchard. I will defend him till the end of the earth. He's not playing smart. He needs help. What you do with a player like Evan Bouchard, since time eternal, you see it in baseball all the time. The uh, the manager will come on and they'll say, I see you've got uh, Clem Gibson. You've moved him down from third to sixth in the batting order. Yeah, we're talking a little pressure off him. You know, don't want to put him in the heart of the order there. We're going to do this for a little while, get him his confidence back, and then we'll go from there. Well, same with Evan Bouchard. You can't bat him sixth instead of third, but you can play him on the third pair in the power play. And I think that is something that they should consider. And they're finding out about players. Dylan Holloway has been on the PK. He's got three blocked shots already. Now he's hurting like hell, I'm sure, but he's he's getting there. I think Dylan Holloway is an encouraging player. Now he's on the fourth line today, and maybe some of that is that he's not cashing on these opportunities. You've got to score. I've got an article up today in The Athletic about Ryan McLeod and what he's doing, but that line is great Like at suppressing. Holloway and McLeod have played quite a bit together already in this year. And when they're on the ice together, there's been zero five-on-five goals against. However, there's been zero five-on-five goals for. Eventually, you have to score a little bit to stay in the top nine in the NHL. Holloway has to do that. He hasn't done it consistently yet. We're early this year, but this is a year where you want him to rock out at about 1.5 or more five-on-five points per 60. Connor's eighth or ninth season now. Team still trying to get a true starting goaltender from Traydan. Well, I think they have one in Stuart Skinner. LT wasn't that a party by the Irish Rovers is a great song about drinking. Yeah, it is. I was waiting for somebody to say that to me because it's the most famous probably drinking song in Canada. And their most famous song for sure. Although that blasted grandma got run over by a reindeer, which is the super Dave Osborne of music. Is uh, it was also a big hit. Coming home from our house Christmas Eve, you know that song, right? Yes, great one. We have a, we have a lot of similar interests when it comes to music. So mm-hmm. I mean, if you ever say, "Hey, you know that song? You like that song?" The answer is usually yes. I've come to come okay, to, but come if, to if I say, um, "Do you know Alice Cooper's uh, Dead Babies Can't Take Care of Themselves?" Do you know that one? No, Alice Cooper. I really don't think of like yeah. schools out. I I would I'll give you a little insight into my childhood. I'm. 14 years old, I'm in my room listening to Alice Cooper's Killer album, and I'm listening to the song called Dead Babies, and it's Dead Babies Can't Take Care of Themselves. And my dad (laughs) barges into the room, like just red in the face, and mad as hell, and he goes, is he saying 
dead babies can take care of themselves or dead babies can't take care of themselves. <laughs> and I said, can't, Dad. It's can't. He goes, all right. Shuts the door, walks out. That was my youth. And you're wondering why I am the way I am. You're looking up that song because you don't think it exists. No, 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 no. No, I was, uh, I was doing other work here for the good of the station. Okay. You're bang on with Bouchard. Just because he's a power play wizard does not make him a top-end defensive D-man from Hacksaw. It's true. But you can, you can get him confident again like he was last year and play him passably on an uh, Ekholm pairing. And as he matures as a player, remember, he's so young. And I'm not just talking about age-wise. I know he looks 50. I get the grandpa jokes. But he's young. He's inexperienced. And I don't care who you are. We've seen it in this town. And don't tell me we haven't. We saw it with Paul Coffey. We saw it with Tom Pody. We saw it with Justin Schultz. This town eats up chaos defensemen. It just does. It always has. Edmonton Oilers fans like their defensemen, you know, Basically, to eat raw meat. That's what it's all about. Jason Smith. I saw a play once where Jason Smith was trying to stop a goal with five seconds left in the game. He could not find the puck, so all he did, he was in the crease, all he did was identify the forward who was also in the crease and hit him on the back of the head ten times. Bang, 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 bang. So the guy, the, the neurons are firing for the opponent winger, but he can't, he keeps getting hit in the head and he can't put the puck in the net. And it's going to be a penalty. Smith is going to get a penalty, but the game's over and the Oilers won the game. Edmonton Oilers fans love that. They just do. They love it. That's why Kevin Lowe is so popular in this town, although he went through some incarnations that maybe he wasn't popular, but you talk to people about Kevin Lowe. They love him. Charlie Huddy. They love him. Don Jackson, they love. Any tough guy, Al Hamilton, for crying out loud. Any of the tough players, Jason Smith, for sure. Chris Pronger, although he left under, you know, that was a bad, bad time. I will say that the best single year of defense ever played by an Edmonton Oiler was Chris Pronger. And even though that might not be a popular take, it is the truth. As time goes on, I think we'll be seeing Bouchard as more of the D'Angelo and Gossespierre type, not the Carlson or Dougie Hamilton type. He should play in the third pairing. He can run your power play, but he's not worth six, eight million because he doesn't bring you the top four defending that you need from A. Still to be determined. He's, he doesn't have the experience yet to, to make the call on him. But I, I, I said this before and I will say it until it happens. The Edmonton owners, once Evan Bouchard signed that contract, it, it set a course for the orders to trade one of Nurse or Bouchard. And my suspicion is it'll be Bouchard because he doesn't have an, uh, a no-movement clause. People are talking about Liam Foody. Uh, his underlying numbers aren't fantastic. Uh, now he plays for a poor team. Or has in the past. Yeah, I was going to say did. No. <laughs> he did play for a fourteen. Well, I mean, he hasn't, you know, he's played, the year he played 670 minutes was last year, and he had 1.25 points per 60 at 5-on-5. Five five. That's not, you know, I I mean, maybe you pick him up on waivers, but I think the orders are, they have enough wingers, young wingers for sure. I like Skinner, but like you said, think he can be the number one. He's not proven established number one. No, but he was a finalist for the Calder Trophy a year ago. And he's played very little so far this year. 
have to give, you have to give 20 games here. You need to um you need to settle in. You know, have you ever gone for lunch with somebody for the first time? Yeah, of course. Right. And maybe there's a little nerves at the beginning. Right. And maybe I can you, understand why you'd feel that way. You drop a fork or something and and you pick it up and you laugh a little and you get a new fork and then all of a sudden things start to carry and flow and that's when you start to make conclusions about what's happening. Right. Well, my question would be how, how long does it have to be for that to take place? 20 games. Okay. That's what the smart okay. math people tell me. 20 games. Okay. Yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. And 20 games for everything. 20 games for a player, 20 games for a line, uh, 20 games for a goalie. So, I mean, it's not my rule, but I think it's a good rule. All right. Can I pitch another question to you? Sure. What if in those 20 games that he starts, they go 6-14 and 14 and... Well, then the they just. They will make trades, and the coach will be fired. Yes, but okay. So they've given away a quarter of the season in that in that mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah, when you're kind of in a window where you don't really have twenty games to give away. Well, Vegas is off to a flying start, and yes. that's who they're chasing. They're one yes. and three. Vegas is five and zero. Oh. Yes, so they're already in peril. But having said that, you you can't overreact because you don't have any cash money. So what are you going to do? You know. You've, you've, it's you've, true. You have to play the hand you're dealt. Yeah. Well, but, Ken Holland does because he made the bet. Yes. You have what? to play the hand you're dealt. Wait but, a minute. Wait a minute. You said hand you're dealt, and I said Ken Holland made his bet. <laughs> yeah, then we so were crossing where over. Where are we going here? This is all my fault, not yours. I'm losing my train of thought here. Yeah, and your glasses. Uh, I took them off to think, but forget <laughs> it. Are you saying that you, even though you look smart with your glasses on, you have to take them off to think? It's like a sensory overload thing. I'm seeing mm. too clearly. I got to take it off. I think, see. You know. Now we've done all of our, we've done all of our breaks and stuff, right? Yeah, we got about four minutes left here. Okay, maybe three, maybe three minutes here because it's a long sure. stack before yeah. uh, Jason Gregor at the top of the long hour. Long stack. You tell me, okay? You give me the high sign. Um, it's October once again for Operation Friendship Senior Society. The goal is to collect 10,000 pairs of new warm winter socks for low-income and homeless seniors. All this month, drop off your donations at the Sports 1440 Lobby in West Edmonton Mall during business hours. Go to sports1440.ca for more info and drop off another drop-off locations. Last year, um hadn't planned to, but I spent a lot more time downtown than I had in previous uh, uh, periods. And I... I really did notice if you're downtown, just drive around some areas and you will uh, notice that the need is great. It's, you know, this this is a have province and lots of us are doing well. And, and I include myself in that. Uh, and lots of us are not. So I know that this is a very generous community. I know that because I was, you know, I lived in this city when Black Friday hit and everybody rallied around. And I know that a lot of Companies and corporations and individuals have had success in business chip in in a big way. And I also know the community does as well. So keep in mind, it's October, and check it out once again to sports1440.ca if you'd like more information. So we should do, while we have a minute or so here, just a little bit of review on the week. Did you like the, the variety of guests that we had this week? Were you okay with that? I did, yeah. Uh, I thought the uh, the guests were good. I should really be asking you the question because yeah. I, I know we, you know, you have your regulars, but I'm the one who will go and get the uh, beat writer. No, so. you've done very well. Okay. Uh, did I pick on that. you too much that I make you uncomfortable? No, never, never. Well, never. I'm disappointed because that was my goal. 
our relationship was instantly like I was like, okay, like this is oh we're set in stone. Nothing Al could do could throw me off my game. You know, you know what I I do remember is that I would walk by and wave goodbye to you, but never really talk to you in the old building. Yep. Yeah. And then it's fine. You didn't have to. Well, I know, but you saved me at the draft one year. I remember because I couldn't find my piece of paper, and um, I really enjoy working with you. You're a, you're a intelligent young man, and I can't wait to get our show out on the road because I think you're going to be like um, you're going to be like Elvis in a gold lame suit. People are going to be drawn to you. Well, first, let me say I will wear a gold lame suit if that's what's warranted. And then just to circle back. No, greatly appreciated. Very, very kind words. Obviously, I'm still a little in shock. I get to uh, work with an industry legend like yourself, not to pump your tires what or anything. What are but, you uh, doing Every here? day is such a treat. I'm you very grateful. You fired and, uh, for saying that. <laughs> I think this week was good. All right. Yeah, me too. All I right. enjoyed it. Jason Greger on the way. Please enjoy your weekend. This has been the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's time for an update.